And God spoke all these words, saying, I am the Lord your God, who brought you out of the land of Egypt, out of the house of slavery. You shall have no other gods before me. You shall not make for yourself a carved image, or any likeness of anything that is in heaven above, or that is in the earth beneath, or that is in the water under the earth. You shall not bow down to them, or serve them, for I... The Lord your God am a jealous God. Exodus 20, 1 through 5. This is the first of the Ten Commandments. And while God is telling Moses this, the people of Israel are down below the mountain. And when Moses went up to Mount Sinai to receive the law of God, the people of Israel hear the thunder roaring and the lightning flashing. And there is a thick cloud surrounding this mountain. And there's a loud trumpet blast. And the people are trembling. And now the mountain is wrapped in smoke because the Lord has descended on it in fire. The mountain itself is now trembling. And God has warned the people that if they dare touch this mountain, they will die. And then the sound of the trumpet gets louder and louder. And the Lord speaks in thunder. This is not a normal thunderstorm. This is a display of the unfathomable presence of God's glory. Moses did, when Moses did not come back in time for the people, they asked for Aaron to make them a god. So he made them a golden calf. A carved image of something that is in the earth. An idol. And they worshipped it. Every person has a need for a god. And every person has a god. A god is anything in which we put our trust and focus. That can be anything. Sports, a job, social media, politi a political system, money, relationships, even ourselves. Personally, one of the things I struggle with letting be my God is reading. Many times, I've chosen that I'd rather read fiction than God's Word. And many times, the things that we make our gods are good things. They're completely harmless. Even a golden calf is harmless. It's when we make these things are gods that they become spiritually unhealthy things, harmful things. When Israel worshipped their golden calf, God was still right up on the mountain. He was right there. That seems incomprehensible to me that they would worship an idol with God just right up there. But hold on. God is omnipresent. When I let things take the place of God in my life, God is still right there. Acts 17.16 says, While Paul was waiting in Athens, he was upset to see all the idols in the city. Verse 23-23 says, Paul stood up in front of the council and said, People of Athens, I see that you are very religious. As I was going through your city and looking at the things you worship, I found an altar with the words, To the unknown God. You worship this God, but you really don't know Him. So I want to tell you about Him. The world is very religious. You can see idols everywhere. The thing is, most people don't recognize God as the one true God. When I accepted the offer to speak tonight, I had no idea the journey of learning God had planned for me. Studying for this changed my perspective on life. Helped me to see where my focus is, where it needs to be. So, what do you put your focus on? What do you put your trust in? What are you tempted to make your God? The Lord 
desires to be your God. Let's pray. And Father, thank you for letting us get up this morning and thank you for letting us be able to come and worship your word, Lord. And thank you for letting us be able to have this life, Lord. And please help the soldiers who are overseas fighting and please help the people who are involved with the Christmas in Romania and Please help everybody who is sick in the hospital and at home, and everybody who needs you, Lord, in Jesus' name, amen. After this song, we're going to have Seth come and speak to us. Psalm 169, 169, Hosanna, 169. Hosanna, Hosanna, Hosanna in the highest. Hosanna, Hosanna, Hosanna in the highest. Lord, we lift up your name with hearts full. Hearts full of praise, so be exalted, O Lord my God, Hosanna in the highest. Glory, glory, glory to the King of kings. Glory, glory, glory to the King of kings. full of praise, so be exalted, O Lord my God, Hosanna in the highest. Amen. Tonight I'll be talking about strength. If you will follow along, I'll be reading from Philippians 4.13. I can do all things through Christ who strengthens me. What is strength? You need strength in Christ. Having strength is a good thing with Christ. Christ had strength when He died on the cross for us. If, if you're with Christ, you need to show strength and God in, and God in you. Christ died for us so we could have an eternal life in heaven and also in Him and with Him. I did a hunter safeties test last week and one thing I thought was the hunter safeties book, you're going to have to study it, right? The one thing we studied was the guns and, to, the guns and how to make a tree stand and how to get in one. My point is, if you're going to be a hunter in life, you have, you have to study to be one. We use the Bible in life and we should study it for strength. 
When the high school team played Friday, they needed strength and faith in themselves so they could win. I know it was really cold, but one thing I saw in them, they never gave up on each other and in themselves. Sometimes in life we give up on God, but He never gives up on us. Also, when you think you're done with Christ, that just might be the beginning. If you would follow along, I'll be reading from Luke 22, verse 39 through 40. Jesus went out as usual to the Mount of Ivalis, and his disciples followed him. On reaching the place, he said to them, Pray that you will not fall into temptation. Jesus had twelve disciples that were best friends with him, and they would do anything for him, and he would do anything for them. Jesus, so Jesus says, Pray that you will not fall into temptation. Jesus prayed for himself, but he was done. He, when he was done, he saw them asleep and tired, and he said, "Wake up and pray, so you will not have temptation." Sometimes in life, God says, "Don't fall with Satan," and sometimes in life, wait. Some, sometimes God says, "Don't fall with Satan and get temptation." There's so many ways you can fall with the devil. That one little voice in your head is saying, no, don't do it. But you never take the time to listen. Sometimes you need God to control you. And 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 He says, pray. Praying is a strength part in cross. God said to the disciples, pray for yourselves. That's a good way to talk to God. It's your choice to pray, not to fall in temptation. Do what God would do. All you have to do is pray and believe in Him and yourself. This week I challenge you to have strength in, strength in yourself and have strength in God. You know, a couple of weeks ago... Um, I was sitting there, and uh, Wes was uh, asking Chandler to speak, and I just happened to be standing there, and uh, <laughs> I was sitting there, and he said, hey, Michael, you're not getting away now. You're, you're preaching too, so here I am. <laughs> uh, if you would follow along um, in Luke 10, um, tonight I'm talking about uh, loving your neighbor, and uh we're going to be looking at uh, the parable of the Good Samaritan. Um, if you would follow along in uh, verse 30, and uh, we'll read on. In reply, Jesus said, A man was going down to Jerusalem, uh, to Jericho, when he fell in the hands of robbers. They stripped him of his clothes and beat him and went away, leaving him half dead. A priest happened to be going down the same road. And when he saw the man, he passed on the other side. So too, uh, when a Levite, when he came to the place and saw him, he passed on the other side. But a Samaritan, as he traveled, came where the man was, and when he saw him, he took pity on him. He went to him and bandaged his wounds, pouring on oil and wine. And when he put the man on his own donkey and took him to the inn and took care of him. The next day... The next day he took out two silver coins and gave them to the innkeeper. Look after me, he said, and when I return, 
I will reimburse you for any extra expense you may have. Which of these three do you think was a neighbor to the man of the uh, man that uh, fell into the hands of the robbers? And uh, that uh, is a an easy question to answer, uh, the Samaritan. Um, and typically in the biblical days, uh, the Samaritans hated the Jews, and uh, this man uh, had the heart of God and uh, went out of his way to help this man. Jesus taught that we should love God with all our heart, soul, strength, and mind. Um, one thing that's overlooked in this passage is that the Samaritan used his own bandages, wine, oil, donkey, and money for a man that really um, typically was not liked. Um, so a couple points. is be good to those around you and be Jesus to, me, to people. Um, if you would follow along, um, we're going to be going to uh, Mark 12, 30 and 31, and uh, we're going to be talking about um, some of God's commandments of love. Love the Lord your God with all your heart and all your soul and all your mind and with all your strength. The second of this is love your neighbor as yourself. There is no greater than these. Um... If you would follow along, uh, we'll be reading from John 13, 34, and 35. Uh, this is another one of God's commandments. A new commandment I give to you, love one another as he has loved you. So you must love one another. By this all men will know that you are my disciple if you love each other. And uh, what this is talking about is uh, people will notice uh, when when you really show love, when you really go out, step out of your comfort zone, and uh, love other people. Um, if you would follow along, I'll be reading again from Luke twenty-seven or six twenty-seven and twenty-eight, and this will be our last passage for the night. But I tell you who hear me, love your enemies, do good to those who hate you, bless those who curse you, pray for those who mistreat you. Um, a lot of what this is talking about in all these passages is love your enemy uh, without expecting anything in return. Um, and often we, we look for something in return and uh, we shouldn't. And we should be doing it because it's the right thing to do. Um, Jesus showed uh, the ultimate love by sending his son on the cross. Thank you. Song 533 will be the song of invitation. 533, if you'd like to mark that, I am a sheep. And then flip over one page to 535, and that will be the song for Chandler comes and speaks to us tonight. If you would, let's stand. 535. I'm in the way, the bright and shining way. 
I'm in the glory land way, telling the world that Jesus saves today. Yes, I'm in the glory land way. I'm in the glory land way. I'm in the glory land way. Heaven is near and the way groweth clear. For I'm in the glory land way. Onward I go rejoicing in his love. I'm in the glory land way. Soon I shall see him in that home above. Oh, I'm in the glory land way. 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 Amen. Good evening. Tonight I will be talking about hope anchored on heaven or how to lay a hold of God. If you'll be turning your Bibles to Hebrews chapter 6, verses 19 through 20, we'll be turning there shortly. So, a couple of years ago, me and Dustin were going fishing, as usual, and we were fishing in a tournament, and I remember when the guy waved his hand like this to tell us all go, we were in Dustin's little aluminum boat, and I remember hitting a wave, and I didn't weigh too much then, so I was pretty light, I'd fly easily. And I remember coming off the seat, and I don't know if it was Dustin or an angel who pulled me down, but luckily, somehow I didn't fly out of the boat. And you know, as Christians... Satan's like those waves. He's going to come at us in any shape, form, or fashion. Uh, in Hebrews chapter 6, verses 19 to 20, verse 19 says, This hope we have is an anchor of the soul, a hope both sure and steadfast, and one which enters within the veil. 20. Where Jesus has entered as a forerunner for us, having become a high priest forever according to the order of Melchizedek. In verse 19 it says, This hope we have is an anchor of the soul. You know, as Christians, if we're in the Word and we go by God's rules and do His commandments, God's going to be that anchor. He's going to hold our heart heart down to help us get closer to Him. 20 says, Jesus entered as a foreigner. That means Jesus came for us, took His life for our sins so that we might have a hope of heaven eternally. It means to bank on that hope, trust in it, feel secure in it, be satisfied with it, long for it in the way you have longed for coming of the dawn after a long, dark, scary night. I have five practical things that you can have to move your heart toward laying a hold of hope, laying a hold of your hope. Number one is meditate from the Bible on how sure your hope is in the presence of God. You know, as a young Christian man, for me, as I walk across the halls, I mean the halls across the road, sometimes I'll see things that I sometimes I do something or I see that somebody else has done something and it just I get stressed out over it. I don't know why, but some, I just pull out my phone or my the Bible to get on the Bible or something like that. And one day when we all go to heaven on Judgment Day, God's going to ask us, 
what have we done for him? And then somebody, if he asks you if you hadn't read the Bible, he's going to say, he's going to be like, you have a phone. This thing right here has a Bible on it. Cell phones have a Bible. There's a great way you can get closer to God. Number two, pray earnestly that God would open your mind and your heart to do the greatness for the certainty and to incline your hope in Him. When I was thinking about this lesson, I know I don't pray very often as much as I should, but a lot of people just pray before you eat or if somebody's sick or somebody's died. I mean, don't get me wrong, that's a good thing, but you've got to think out of the box to pray. Pray for other things. I pray before I go to school so that God can move through me. I pray when I drive so I'll make it safely to where my appointed place. Number three, consider how much Christ has suffered for your hope. In Colossians 1.5 it says, Your faith and love have arisen from the hope laid up for you in heaven, which you have heard about in the message of the truth of the gospel. Number four, consider Christians like yourself who have laid their hope in Christ. For example, in 1934, when a 28-year-old man, John Stam, missionary to China, was being led away to execution by communists with his wife Betty, someone on the road asked, Where are you going? John laid a hold on the hope set before him and said, We're going to heaven. I remember when I was little, and all of us had had this word before, of dying. I used to never think about it, but now as I got older, I understand that it's got it's gonna happen, so we gotta just live through it. And if you live and John here, he had the hope of God. He knew where he was going. As a Christian, it's not like you're just don't know exactly where you're going. You know where you're going if you're in the word and you're if you're with God at all times. Number five, help each other to do all these things in small groups and exhort on each other every day to lay a hold on hope. For example, these small groups that we meet at people's house on Sunday nights once a month. That's a great way to help bring and invite people so they might have a hope of heaven. This is God's will for us, to have a strong encouragement to lay a hold on our hope. My challenge for you tonight is, God, your anchor in life, and have you laid a hold on hope of heaven. I thank you guys for the way you've led us in our worship tonight. And I hope you noticed. Hope you've been able to see through those what I'd call the, the mama eyes, and that was my baby, and I couldn't believe a man didn't have a camera over here. The uh, I hope you got beyond the fact that well, I I, knew I had him in cradle roll, and, and I hope that you heard that these young men came tonight and they shared the good news with us. So much of what they said, it's just what we need to hear, friends. Our God is here, just like He was on that mountain. Our God is here in our presence. Allow Him to be your strength. Allow Him to be the one that you lean upon and allow the love that He has shown us in ways that we can't even comprehend, allow that love to be demonstrated in our lives. And I want us, I want us to know, because of, because of that, because of His presence, we can have hope no matter what we might face. Just come and follow Christ. Come tonight. Be baptized into Christ. Repent of the sins in your life. Simply throw yourself before His mercy and His strength. Do that tonight. Not because these young men spoke to us tonight, but because of the gospel that they shared. Why don't you come tonight as we stand and as we sing?